There's an internet trend going around where people are eating Tide Pods. They are so satisfying. They're squishy. They just feel good in your hands. All right, here we go. I've been pondering a lot of big questions lately. If a company makes a household cleaning product that looks like a delicious candy, are they responsible if people eat it and get sick? How did laundry detergent, out of all things, make it to the top of the list of forbidden foods? Is this entire phenomenon just natural selection? This week I'm diving into Tide Pods, the little gel-packed detergent pods that look like a gusher candy and that are taking the internet by storm. Welcome to The Digital Deep, the podcast devoted to exploring the uncharted web. I'm Rahaf, and this is our very first episode. So I'm going to start off with a bit of a sad fact, which is in the first two weeks of January, there were nearly 40 reported cases of people getting poisoned because they ingested laundry detergent pods. I'm talking about Tide Pods the first official meme of 2018, and where last year we had the incredibly sexy Salt Bay, this year we have people who are eating laundry detergent. So you might be surprised, but despite the current popularity of everyone talking about it, the notion of ingesting laundry detergent pods has been around for a long time, pretty much since the product was introduced in 2012. There are early forum posts going back to 2013 talking about how tempting they looked, how they looked like gummy bears or candy, and how dangerous it could be for the elderly or for kids. In 2015, The Onion even wrote a satirical piece written from the point of view of a toddler that was entitled, So Help Me God, I'm Going to Eat One of These Multicolored Detergent Pods. People started leaving five-star reviews on Amazon, recommending wine pairings, making desserts and recipes, even cocktails. The Onion came back again with a second piece, this time about the introduction of a new sour apple flavor of detergent pods. And last year, College Humor made a video called Don't Eat the Laundry Detergent Pods that got millions of views. So you get the idea. This has been around for quite a while, an endless stream of tweets and jokes and gifs and memes all about how tempting these little tiny gel packs filled with chemicals are. Even restaurants joined in on the fun. There was a pizzeria in Brooklyn that had a Tide Pod-themed flavored pizza and bakeries that were making little donuts shaped like Tide Pods. The Tide Pod challenge just took everything a dangerous step further. Instead of just joking about eating Tide Pods, people were encouraged to actually eat them and to film their reactions for views and likes. And a bunch of people did so and got poisoned. And now, because we live in a world where consuming laundry detergent voluntarily for laughs and then filming it is an actual thing, supermarkets have started locking up the detergent pods in those plastic security boxes, meaning that if you want to buy laundry detergent to clean your clothes, you need to go and get a store employee to unlock it for you. Pretty much this is sending the message that laundry detergent is now on the same danger plane as razor blades. Just let that sink in for a minute. All new at six, there's a good chance you got them in your home right now. Colored packs of chemicals meant for cleaning your clothes. But doctors say a dangerous social media trend has people biting into laundry pods and winding up in the emergency room. ABC 15's John Genovese has the health warning that you need to hear. As more people participate in the Tide Pod Challenge, organizations like schools and police departments and newspapers and medical associations released warnings letting people know that this was a really dumb thing to do. I think my favorite 
favorite warning that I came across was from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission that tried to point out the lunacy of this entire situation by saying a meme shouldn't become a family tragedy. Don't eat poison. Digitally savvy to the point, but to no avail. People continued to consume them and continued to get sick. They did almost risk becoming a meme themselves because they signed their ad, Human People Against Eating Laundry Detergent. I just found that so odd. Human people. Human people honestly sounds like something, an alien who was pretending to be human, who had infiltrated our society secretly and was now trying to save us from ourselves, would say. Though I'm not sure what good it did, considering that people ignored this warning anyway. Still, it was a good attempt. Now that we're all caught up, let's take a look for what this means from a digital culture perspective. Here's where things get really interesting, because it turns out that the Tide Pod challenge wasn't simply the evolution of a meme, but the collision of two internet subcultures, meme culture and internet challenges. Now, internet challenges are their own community and they have their own history. They actually go all the way back to the early 2000s. They are thought to have originated from a 1996 print article where football player Peyton Manning talked about how he had a bet with a friend that he could eat six saltine crackers in under a minute without drinking any water. And in this article, he talked about how he had to practice and practice before being able to do so. Now, this piqued the curiosity of the masses and people wanted to try it for themselves. We are doing the saltine challenge. The point of this challenge is to eat six six saltine crackers in 60 seconds without drinking anything. No soda, no water, no nothing. Now this was followed shortly thereafter by the cinnamon challenge where you try to eat a tablespoon of cinnamon and not choke. Now this might surprise you because the cinnamon challenge actually peaked online in 2012, but it goes all the way back to 2001. Needless to say, since then, there have been, again, an endless stream of examples, including the salt and ice challenge, the banana and Sprite challenge, the eat a hot pepper challenge, the ALS ice bucket challenge, the very disgusting drink a gallon of milk without throwing up challenge, the bizarre snort a condom up one nostril and pull it out the other challenge, and the very weird fire challenge where people douse themselves with lighter fluid and try to set their chest hairs on fire without burning themselves. Spoiler alert, didn't usually go well. People went to the hospital with second degree burns. Shocking, I know. All of this to say that the Tide Pod Challenge, while in itself incredibly stupid, was just the latest in the long lines of equally stupid stunts that have been done for laughs online. What makes this particularly interesting though, what makes it unique, is that this is the first time that a challenge has emerged from an abstract meme. It's never happened before, so it makes it a very interesting curiosity. Now let's talk about why these two subcultures collided. I think the answer lies in the fact that we created a perfect storm. Our digital culture was at a peak that took advantage of all of these different elements. Now what do I mean by that? To answer this question, we have to take a look at our current digital media ecosystem and all the factors that are at play. One of the factors is the fact that we are obsessed with viral content. There's always something that's going viral at any point in time. And when something is that popular, people want to be a part of it. So if all of a sudden you see the Tide Pod Challenge trending, you have a motivation. You're a bit tempted yourself to participate, to engage, because if you do so, you know that it's an easy way to jump on the bandwagon and get views. 
The second thing is that because we have an ecosystem where there's so much content, there's so many options for you when you go online, Instagram videos, YouTube videos, Facebook videos, digital content, that one of the ways that you can get noticed if you're a content producer is to do something that's a little bit shocking, something that gets people talking, something that will get you that type of attention. So the Tide Pod Challenge is the perfect example of being able to do something where immediately everyone is shocked and wants to see what happens. So you get access to those eyeballs quicker. From a social perspective, we've also created a culture of influencing where people are rewarded for likes and views with credibility. They have reach, they have power. And now that we have options to monetize our content as well, where you have YouTube creators or video creators that depend on the views in order to generate income, that adds another layer of incentive, a more an economical one, a financial one, where it makes sense for people that have popular channels to participate or to comment or to engage, because once again, as something is the topic of conversation, there's a far higher likelihood of people looking for that type of content at that point in time. So again, the Tide Pod Challenge is happening, it's outrageous, you do it, and suddenly people are retweeting you, people are liking you, people are posting your videos across websites, you're getting money for it. So the Tide Pod Challenge tapped into many of the aspects of how we've created our digital ecosystem. Finally, we can't forget algorithms, right? You have companies like YouTube and Facebook and Google that determine what gets seen based on engagement. The things that get a lot of engagement are usually the things that we post that get a big reaction. If you start putting all of these pieces together, viral content, the monetization, oversaturation, the dependence on attention, the value of shock content, you start to see why it makes complete and total sense for something as ridiculous as eating a laundry detergent pod to become so popular. And don't forget that we're also developing a certain tolerance to extreme content. So it's only natural for things to get more and more extreme as people try to break through the barriers when we've become used to eating a spoonful of cinnamon or drinking a gallon of milk. And now from that respect, when you think about the meme of eating Tide Pods, the entire joke around that whole meme was the fact that nobody took eating them seriously. The whole joke was that they were chemicals, and so part of the fun was trying to make them sound as tempting as possible. But you can see how something like that would pique the attention of a community of people who thrive on doing the forbidden and who thrive on pushing boundaries. I think this was just a very specific situation where the meme happened to encapsulate the motivations of an entire other subculture of people and just got picked up by it. It'll be really interesting to see if this trend continues and what other collisions will happen between different subcultures moving forward. No, 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 no. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods for washing, not eating. Do not eat. That was Rob Gronkowski. He's the New England Patriot in an ad that was put out by Procter & Gamble to try to get people to stop eating Tide Pods. How does one pick a spokesperson? How does one choose the right football player to be a spokesperson for telling people not to eat detergent pods? Are they like, that's the guy. He'll be the one that people will listen to and not eat our detergent pods. What about him is so special? I tried to look for this online, but I couldn't find anything. So if you have the answer, please let me know. I'm very curious about it. Back to the video, it brings us to the second part of this discussion, which is what is the responsibility of companies when they see their products being abused in this manner? 
I think as digital culture continues to become more prevalent, that we'll see more and more of these cases where digital culture clashes with real products and has a real-life impact. In Procter & Gamble's case, this is one of their most successful products. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. So they're definitely invested in making sure that they keep accidents to a minimum. Kids discover the world with their mouths. Keep laundry packs out of reach and away from children. Brought to you by Tide. For their part, they did a couple of things. They pulled their product placement ads off of YouTube. They created educational campaigns for parents with young children. They put out ads like the one we heard with Rob Gronkowski. They are even talking about changing the formula of the Tide Pods, making them look different so they don't look as appealing, coating them with a bitter chemical so that a child would not be able to continue to eat it, so that it would be really gross. And finally, they said that they were going to make childproof containers and make more prominent labels. So from their end, they seem to be doing everything they can to minimize the risk. Now, in a very interesting move, both Facebook and YouTube have announced that they are going to be pulling down videos of users that are participating in the Tide Pod Challenge because it violates their terms of service. Facebook said that it represents self-harm. YouTube says that it encourages dangerous behavior. And either way, as of the recording, all of the videos that I watched just a couple of days ago have been taken down. On one hand, what does this mean? Because they didn't take down videos of the cinnamon challenge where you were at risk of being poisoned. I wonder what forces are at play here. I wonder if there was pressure by Procter & Gamble, a multi-billion dollar company, to take down these types of videos. But more than that, I wonder about the precedent that it's setting. Who gets to decide what's too dangerous to remain up on these platforms? Again, something to watch moving forward as more of these stupid internet challenges keep coming up. It'll be interesting to see what makes the cut and what doesn't and what that means for the way these online communities are managed. And I wanted to highlight this because both Facebook and YouTube have come under fire in previous examples where they had terrorist content or dangerous content, self-harm content that took ages to take down, but suddenly, within a couple of days, all Tide Pod content was removed. Coincidence? Is it a conspiracy? I don't know, but it's something to think about. Finally, I want to talk about fruit. Actually, I want to talk about two different types of theories. One is called the tainted fruit theory, and the other is called the forbidden fruit effect. And both of them are in play in the Tide Pod Challenge. So the first is the tainted fruit theory. And the tainted fruit theory says that if you tell somebody that something is bad, that the fruit is tainted, then they won't eat it. And it's this theory that underlines the logic behind why we label everything and warn people of the hazards in all of the products that they use on a day-to-day -day basis. The question is, is this effective? And according to a paper released by the Harvard Kennedy School, the answer is no. It's not effective because we as a culture have become so overeager in warning about the dangers of everything. This is a choking hazard. This is a fire hazard. This is a dangerous thing. Danger, danger, danger. That we've essentially made it so that none of these warnings have meanings anymore. People simply read them, shrug, and move on. From that respect, it'll be interesting to see if Procter & Gamble's approach to increasing the labeling actually has an impact on the stats of the cases of people being poisoned. Now, the forbidden fruit theory comes into play as well because that says that the second you tell somebody that they can't do something or have something, it makes them want to do it and want to have it even more. Essentially, it taps into one of our most base human instincts, which is to be curious about pushing the boundaries of things that we consider to be off-limits. 
And it makes sense because we as a species have always been drawn to things that are dangerous. We've been drawn to the unknown. And by making Tide Pods and by making such a big fuss about how dangerous they are and how forbidden it is, which was the core of the joke of the meme, we've also tapped into that desire, that daredevil aspect that so many of us have that say, hey, I know you're not supposed to do this, but let's try to do it anyway. And this is one of the things I love the most about our digital culture is how it interplays with our own behaviors and our own psychologies. I started the episode with a sad fact, so I'd like to end with some good news. The first meme of 2018 is officially behind us. And I, in a rare moment of optimism, am feeling pretty hopeful that whatever comes next is going to be a step up from people filming themselves eating laundry detergent. I know that this feeling is gonna be short-lived. I'm sure tomorrow when I wake up and see that the dead squirrel challenge is trending, I'm gonna feel horrified and sad all over again. But for right now, in this moment, I feel pretty optimistic. And so I hope you'll join me as we explore whatever the internet throws at us this year and take a look at how it's going to impact our emerging and new digital culture. That's it for me and for the first episode of The Digital Deep. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and check out more information on thedigitaldeep.com. See you next time.